In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Ted Lasso is a fictional American college football coach. You may have heard of him. Again, he's fictional, and yet he may be in your hearts in very beautiful and fun ways. He was this American football coach who met with great success. He's lots of fun, so much success that he was recruited by a team in England, the Richmond Greyhounds, to coach what we call soccer in America, or what the Europeans call football. So he was a football coach, recruited to be a football coach. And in this sitcom that airs on Apple Plus, this buoyant Ted Lasso offers corny sayings that oftentimes rhyme, or they're rooted deeply in pop culture. He says, he says things like, bingo, Ringo. And he also offers inspiring observations as a coach, like, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse, isn't it? If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> or he says, you know what the happiest animal on earth is? A goldfish. You know why? It's got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish. So that's the coaching wisdom of Ted Lasso. In his locker room, Ted has posted a sign above the doorway that goes into his office, and it says, Believe. It's handmade on yellow cardboard paper, poster board, and in blue capital letters, B-E-L-E-I-V-E, -E, Believe. And it's almost as if the poster is a character in the show. In this story of a struggling football team led by a coach who oftentimes has no idea what he is doing. And yet he also knows deeply in his heart how to care for and encourage his players so that they can become the best versions of themselves. In a recent episode, that sign is torn out of resentment, because there's always tension in a good story, right? So Ted is giving a locker room speech, and the sign falls down. There was an audible gasp of all the players. If you've ever played team sports or known about team sports, there are lots of, of um, signs and things of significance, you know, I would say superstitions, right? So if a sign that is at the crux of, of what they're doing falls down, everyone feels very concerned. And yet Ted continues. He says, belief doesn't just happen because you hang something on a wall. It comes from here, and he points to his heart. It comes from up here, he points to his head. It comes from here, he points to his gut. The problem is we have so much junk floating through us, he says, a lot of times we end up getting in our own way. Does that sound familiar in your life too, maybe? And he continues, he says, stuff like envy or fear, shame, 
And then Ted resolves, I don't want to mess around with that stuff anymore. And as I listened and reflected on Ted's encouragement toward AFC Richmond, I heard a message that I really needed in that moment, and it stuck with me. And I wonder if the disciples has ha had had Ted Lasso backing them up or helping them out in that locked room, if they would have been inspired too in today's gospel. Because today's gospel is also about believing. Ted wasn't finished in his talk, by the way, about belief. Ted says that belief is grounded not in achievement, but grounded in believing that we all need love and we need to believe in hope. We need love and we need to believe in hope. We need to be able to believe that things can get better. That we will get better. And that belief, he says, is fundamental to being alive. And when we do that, when we believe, no one can rip our beliefs apart. So while Ted Lasso's focus is motivating a team to play football well on the grassy pitches of England, I also hear his words through the gospel on this second Sunday in Easter, a message of Christian hope in Easter faith, one that brings us peace and joy and focus in the chaos. The risen Jesus appears to his friends, not in a locker room, but in a locked room. His friends are scattered, tense, confused. They feel like they are losing. And to remind you of what day this is in the gospel story, this is the night of Jesus having risen from the dead. So they've heard and seen that Jesus has risen, but still they're not sure they believe. It's so much to take in. They are rocked. And yet Jesus knows what he is doing. He appears. He appears as a source of joy and peace and hope. He appears to them and he shows his friends strength and vulnerability and faithfulness. He begins by saying, peace with you. Now, in what you have in your bulletin, it's not a typo. It says, peace be with you, because in our translation, sometimes we make it a full sentence that has a verb in it. But the Hebrew is peace with you. May peace grow with you. May peace live in you. May peace follow you. May peace pour out from your life. Because Jesus knows his disciples are afraid. They've locked themselves away. He knows that they have pain in their heart. Peace be with you, he says. Jesus is their coach. He's preparing them for what is to come. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. He's preparing them for what comes next. And then he breathes on them. 
and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Because remember, he's going to send the disciples out to share this good news. They need to be a little bit more prepared. They need a little bit of calm. They need to heal to go out. So Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, giving them strength. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And his friends are still raw. And it's not the whole group, right? Thomas is missing. Sometimes when we hear this passage, we hear talk of Thomas the doubter, right? And one, one priest's re, uh, musings that I read said that Thomas is, is made the crux of this story, but Thomas is not the crux of this story. Belief is at the center of this story. Thomas wants to believe too. So a week later, they gather again in that locked room and Jesus again appears and Thomas is there. And Jesus begins, just as he did the first time, peace with you, peace be with you, peace upon you. May peace be alive with you. And then he gives Thomas the time he needs to make sure he too is prepared, that he can express his belief and live into his belief. The gospel says at the close of our reading today that Jesus did other signs too to help build people's belief. The disciples didn't start ready, but they grew into those shoes. We hear in the first letter of Peter today, Peter in the letter saying that by God's great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It took Peter a little while to get to that point. His belief was still fragile and vulnerable at the beginning, and it took courage to hone the words. While we are in the Easter light, it takes courage for us to hone the words of our belief, to tell others the story of hope. And I love how Peter writes, in this you rejoice, even now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials. He knows that in the locker room we sometimes think we can't do this anymore, we're finished. Peter felt that. James felt that. John felt that. Mary Magdalene felt that. The followers of Jesus were tired, they struggled, and yet they believed. And so, in those moments when we need to soak in the Easter light, let us be reminded of Jesus' healing, hopeful, promising words. Peace with you, peace with me. For Jesus has risen. Alleluia.